Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and still the only legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HPL Yamalaba and Pletka. And as ever, here is Ludmilla Yamalaba, the managing partner. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Now, this time, Ludmilla, we're talking about evictions. And it's really going to be, I, I guess, a podcast based around what we need to know when each of us rents a property uh, here in Dubai. And the simple fact is, let's start here. A tenant, can you cannot evict a tenant on a month's notice, can you? Evictions are, and it has to be put forward, I guess, that evictions are very strictly regulated here in Dubai. Indeed. And what's important to highlight is that in the UAE, every emirate has its own rental laws. Right. So what we're talking about today is um, Dubai laws uh, related okay. or regulating the rental industry. Uh, other emirates um, have their own, but Dubai uh, lo- rental law, in fact, has been in existence since 2008. And in particular, it's law number 33 of 2008, regulating relationships between landlords and tenants. Uh, and as uh, in, in particular, Article 25 is the one that uh, talks about evictions. And although we are talking about it today in 2021, it's, this is not the first time that this issue has been discussed. And to perhaps even a lot of people's surprise, the law that we are relying on is still the same law since 2008. So some people may think, oh, they do not know about it. It must be a new law, must be new uh, practice. But in fact, it has been the case. The same law has been in place since 2008 and not much has changed, uh, which um, in many ways, at least for tenants, uh, is good news. And um, uh, the other point I want to make, so general point, is that in general, in general terms, obviously not in all cases, laws are usually introduced or put forward to protect, if you will, the weaker party. So therefore, in this particular case with uh, rental laws, the, this, the law 33 of 2008 was introduced to protect tenants. Uh, and it was introduced back in 2008. I, I was here then because there was such an imbalance in the real estate market where uh, tenants had to constantly move from place to place. The minute they would sign a lease, they would have to move out right away because the landlord would give them a tenant, an eviction notice. Uh, and uh, and all, almost all tenancy agreements had a clause in there that this was non-renewable after the first term. And so because of that, people are always being dislocating, uh, dislocated and uh, had to pick up their homes and find another one. And it becomes very challenging, especially in a place like Dubai, where so many of us, of us are uh, new here, or at least back in 2008, we're new and mm. we come here with families. So it's not easy to move your base. Your kids are going to school, nearby school, nurseries. You've got the whole sort of infrastructure set up and then you have to move again. So it's, it was in response to that that this law was introduced. Um, and, and it kind of remains. I think the goal still remains the same, and that is to protect tenants. Uh, and the reason perhaps as well what we're talking about this again today is that, uh, I guess, thankfully and uh, and luckily for Dubai in particular, our economy is picking up at least to an extent and certainly is, has that has been reflected in the real estate market. The prices have started going up and uh, going up fairly significantly, uh, not only with regards to buying and selling properties, but also rents. And also because the properties are now more valuable, the landlords want to evict their tenants either to get higher rent or uh, to sell the property so that they can you know benefit from the 
uh, upcycle in the market. Uh, so, um, and because of that, there's we hearing a lot more complaints, a lot more requests, a lot more um, uh, questions about, well, my landlord just served me with a one month notice. What do I do? Uh, so, um, and as um, as you rightfully pointed out, uh, as per this law in Dubai, and that's Law 33 of 2008, Article 25 in particular, evictions are strictly regulated. Mm. So, and the general concept in the rental laws in Dubai is that your rental agreement continues and renews automatically on the same terms and conditions from year to year irrespective of what the language in the lease um, is. And uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, most leases do have a non-renewability clause. Almost all leases I've, I've seen over the years uh, have a very specific provision that this lease uh, terminates a year from now and the tenant has no right to renew it. And uh, this, this particular understanding is uh, unequivocal. Uh, that being said, that particular provision in the lease uh, directly contradicts expressed language in the law, uh, which uh, ultimately uh, makes it uh, ma- makes every rental agreement uh, automatically renewable on an annual basis, uh, unless and there are a few exceptions as to when the tenancy can uh, can ultimately be uh, terminated. I mean, evictions are possible. Uh, but as we pointed out, strictly regulated. There, there are, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there are five reasons or situations when an eviction might be permitted on reasonable grounds. Is that right? Yes. In short, there's about five grounds uh, in this is summarizing them uh, on which the eviction can take place. So, for example, if there's a breach of the tenancy contract, uh, let's say I don't pay my rent. So that would be a breach of the contract, and then that would be a legitimate ground to evict me. Uh, Also, if I violate a law. So, for example, uh, I rented a one-bedroom apartment, and now I I started conducting some kind of a commercial business from that place. Let's say I opened a salon, a hair salon. And that would be strictly violating the law because that particular property is only designed to be a residential a premise or a property and not commercial. Uh, so that also would be a justifiable ground for eviction. That's number two. Uh, the third ground is that if you, Tim, for example, you want to evict me because you want to move into the property yourself. Uh, so that'd be the third ground. The fourth is you, Tim, again, now you want to sell the property. So you want to evict me because you want to sell the property. And then five is that, again, you, my landlord, Tim, you want to demolish the property or uh, you have to reconstruct it significantly. So that basically, those are the five different reasons or grounds, legitimate grounds upon which a landlord can evict a tenant in Dubai. But even those five grounds, they come with certain restrictions. Uh, so if you talk about, for example, the breach of uh, lease uh, or the breach of law, uh, let's say I don't pay you rent, uh, even then you cannot evict me tomorrow or you know, or a month from now. Uh, in order to evict me, there's a whole process. Uh, so first of all, you need to give me a, uh, you need to give me a, a notice 
of non-compliance, so let's say you fail to pay rent, here's your notice. That notice has to be a properly attested and properly drafted notice. So it's not just Tim writing me an email says, uh, you didn't pay me rent, I'm uh, evicting you, or this is your notice. Right. You need to serve me a proper notice, which in in the in, to, to be safe, you'd want to serve through the notary public, and that has been the practice. And that is what is accepted by the rental courts as evidence that you've given me notice. So A, you need to give me a notice. B, that notice has to specifically state the reason why you give me the notice. So in your particular case, you'd say you have failed to pay me rent. And then three, and this is important, you have to give me 30 days to comply with my obligations. So in other words, I still have 30 days to um, uh, to decide or to find money, whether I, have to, whether I want to pay rent or to find money to pay rent. And so um, if on day 29, I pay your rent, that notice goes away and you cannot evict me. So this okay. is also very important. Uh, and this is because, so it's not just because I failed to, uh, I failed to pay rent once or twice that you cannot evict me. If you, every time I fail to do something, you give me 30 days. And if I comply, then ultimately I have complied and I, that particular notice goes away and I'm back in compliance. And that goes on ad infinitum. Indeed, yes. And we have a lot of clients, by the way, whose wow. uh, tenants are aware of this law and there's almost an annual, on a monthly basis, there's some kind of delay in payment. Uh, often it's even more than one month delay in payment, but ultimately always come current and they pay. And uh, so and that carries on, that practice carries on. Uh, similarly with the breach of the law. Uh, let's say you found out that I'm running a, a, a nail salon business out of my uh, property and you've served me a notice. Well, I closed down the salon. So once again, now just because you have found that I uh, breached the law once does not give you the right to evict me if I've stopped breaching the law in simple terms. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the 30-day notice and the form of notice in the event I've done something wrong. And, uh, you know, now you've given me notice of that. And now, and now I, you know, I obviously have a choice either to comply and clean up my act or continue to violate. If I continue to violate, i.e., for example, not pay your rent, then you can move for eviction. But the story does not end there either. So just because, let's say, let's continue with our example of me being the, uh, the irresponsible tenant, uh, and you with being, the nail salon yes with the nail salon right. and not paying rent okay so let's say uh, it's a double whammy i am doing both i'm not paying your rent and i'm running an illegal business right. uh, so you've given me notice uh, through the notary public you've given me the reason as to why you're giving me notice uh, and you give me 30 days to comply and in particular pay your rent uh, and stop doing illegal activities for example and i don't I still, now we're on day 45 and I still have not paid your rent and I'm continuing to do what I do. Still, even then, it does not give you the right as a landlord to come and physically kick me out. You cannot just come change the keys, for example, or knock on the door and say, get out. In order to properly and legally evict me, you need to then file a case with the rent uh, when, rental center, which is RDC, the uh, Rental Dispute Committee or Center in Dubai, which is the rental court. You need to file a case there uh, and, then, and then ultimately secure a judgment from the court, from RDC, uh, authorizing you to evict me. 
Now, to file that case, you as a landlord, you would need to present the legal notice, that the one we talked about earlier, that you had served me first, right. uh, in order to file. So okay. you cannot even, and this is why this the step process is important, because you cannot, as a landlord, go and file the case against me unless you can show to RDC that you have already served me notice. So once this is when the notice comes in handy uh, for the second time around. Uh, so and then with that notice, you file a request to evict me, and then I have the opportunity in the R- in RDC to either defend myself, to argue, to challenge you, uh, or to do nothing, ignore. And so and only once you have a final judgment. But let's say I um, uh, I ignored because I didn't want to deal with it, and I didn't have money or time to deal with us too busy running my uh, nail salon uh, nail uh, salon yes, it does yes. a lot of work yes yeah. <laughs> so it goes further so i have you now have a judgment against me for eviction right uh, and um, but because the, the judgment is for eviction those kinds of cases can be appealed okay so you still cannot enforce the eviction until the judgment has been made final. For judgment to be made final, it needs to be basically final. But in this particular case, because it involves the issue of eviction, I can appeal it. So therefore, it is not final. So now, second time around, I'm still running a very successful illegal, albeit illegal business out of your residential property, uh, doing nails. And um, so now I decide, okay, well, I don't want to move and so now I'll take it seriously so now I can defend, defend myself and for example I could you know what I could do I could actually just pay you rent all the the rent that I had not paid you so far the all the outstanding rent I can just pay it to you and it would the case would then go away well and the, at least your argument about me having been in breach of payment uh, right. of rental obligations okay. will ultimately become moot because I've just paid you right uh, so you can still argue, look, she's been very unreliable and she's just been uh, an irresponsible tenant and I don't want to have her in my property. And here's the evidence. It's been many months. She hasn't paid me rent. That she only paid now because of these proceedings. And it's ultimately going to be up to the judge to decide whether I truly am a, a bad tenant, a bad person, or you know, I just came upon tough times and now I've... Uh, uh, you know, I've turned the corner and I've wisened up and now I've paid you. So therefore, it's not fair for you to evict me. Uh, so I, you know, on appeal, I could do that. I could pay your rent and I can close down my salon. Maybe by that time, I've already made saved enough money. I opened up my own salon, so I no longer need to run a business illegally from uh, from residential property. And so and now your argument about me be breaching the law has gone away because I, I no longer have an illegal business and be breaching the contract by not paying your rent is also moot because I've just paid your rent. Uh, your ultimate argument then that she has has done these things before uh, may stand and RDC may still issue a judgment in your favor and confirm eviction on the grounds that I obviously have uh, have a proven record of being a, an irresponsible tenant. Okay, but I mean, if you if you pay the rent that is due to get out of a sticky situation, that's a hard thing to argue that you're unreliable because ultimately you have paid the rent, and people really, most landlords, I guess, really just want their money back, don't they? Well, yes, I know, but you know, here you just you got your money back, but you also had to spend time uh, and sure. money fighting me. And by the way, the court cases, if I you can ask, because if you if you if you have a judgment in your favor, you can also, and the courts do uh, regularly award the court fees 
so that you have filed to pursue me against me. So I'd have to reimburse you for those court fees, right. not the legal fees. If you decided to hire a lawyer, and by the way, importantly, you don't need to hire a lawyer to represent you, yourself or in the RDC. So you might not have necessarily paid the lawyer, but you would have to have paid translators. Uh, unless you can speak Arabic and do all this in Arabic, but you do need whatever it is you do, you need to argue in Arabic and whatever documents you present in support of your case, you need to also legally translate into Arabic. So you will have still had some costs um, and uh, obviously your time and the headache of dealing with me. Uh, and then that's one reason why you still may want to get rid of me. And then two is because the prices have gone up and you could now be perhaps making 50% more than what you're making off of me. So you may still want to pursue this and use my previous um, or a previous record of being an irresponsible tenant uh, that, uh, you know, to basically to ultimately advance your objective of getting rid of me so that you can uh, start receiving higher rent. Uh, so, um, uh, so the, you know, so you may still want to carry on with the case and you may still win, mm. but what's important is that in the case, in, in the event that you on appeal, you still prevail, even if I've, you have, I've come current and everything else. And simply because the court now sees me for who I am, uh, and that I was playing with you. And so the court may say, no, okay, she's, you, you, Tim have proven enough that, um, she's not a desirable tenant for you. And. Uh, and and then issue a decision to evict me. Okay, right. so now at that point the decision is final. So now you can in fact enforce me, uh, against me. However, once again, it's not that you just now now with this decision you show up at my doorsteps and uh, you change the locks or kick me out. It doesn't work that way. So in order to evict me, you now need to file. And this is by the way to do it properly, to do it legally. You now need to file an enforcement case. And you can file it through RDC as well, but it's a separate case. It's an administrative case, but it is a separate case. It's an enforcement case where now you need to have an enforcement judgment that ultimately says, yes, Ludmila has to move out uh, and she has to pay this and this, and this amount uh, as part of this. Now, with this enforcement case, then you'll be you have an enforcement order with that. You'll have to approach the police. I mean, first of all, I will have to be served with that uh, uh, order. And uh, the service these days is much easier. You can, yeah, can be served either on by the notice n notice being glued to the door. I can also be served by phone or by email or WhatsApp. Okay. Uh, and so, um, and then after that, uh, you will have to ultimately. Let's say I'm still uh, being a very objectionable tenant, and I'm still not moving. You cannot just come and say get out in order to actually physically get rid of me, unless I move out on my own. Uh, you will need to, with that enforcement order, approach the police and visit the property with the police. And then with the police, they will have to uh, you enter the property and they'll have to do an inventory. And this is done for the legitimate reasons for why that process exists. Because let's say I have now, I, I left town for that period of time and you came and you open the door and Ludmilla's gone. I've, I've got a court order. I can now get rid of all her stuff and, um, um, and you know, retake the property. I can then come back and file a case against you. I had money in my in my uh, my property. I had jewelry and I had expensive equipment, and you've stolen all that. I can I can make that claim against you. And so, in order to avoid these kinds of claims, this is why the requirement of a police uh, being on site and taking inventory exists. 
So then uh, to avoid these kind of arguments or claims, uh, and uh, you will come there with the police. And this is, by the way, in your own interest. And that's kind of, that's, that's um, if you will, it's a soft or a modest example. There could be other examples. Let's say, you know, I was some kind of a criminal, uh, and there are some criminal incriminating materials or evidence that is in the property. So you wouldn't want to have your paw prints on it without uh, legitimate, uh, legitimate uh, witnesses. And so a legitimate witness in this particular case would be the police officer. So really is that process exists there to protect you as a landlord. So then once you come with the police officer, they can open the door in your in their presence and it's going to be all documented in the report and they will take the inventory of what's in the place um, and all the witnesses and such. And after that, let's say I now know uh, Tim has entered the premises, so I'm not coming back into Dubai. Uh, and so you, then you will have, again, through the enforcement uh, uh, court, you will have an order to, once you can, there's an inventory, all the things that you found, uh, through the enforcement court, you will ask the court to, uh, to um, auction off all my, well, all the things that you inventory that you might have found in the property and uh, the proceeds of that, uh, the sale of the auction, uh, you could uh, apply towards uh, the judgment amount. Um, uh, so that's, I mean, and only then you'll be able to, I mean, ultimately, so here we are now, perhaps uh, how many months later, uh, you now have your property back, you finally got rid of all the things in the property, you've even been able to, to sell some things through the auction, by the way, which is also a process in of itself. And then you may still not, but the proceeds of the auction might not still be enough for you to satisfy the judgment amount. So if I had not paid my rent or if I owed you still amounts of money under the judgment. Uh, so then you could still continue with your enforcement case uh, and then keep chasing me for other assets. So that's, uh, that's basically the process for eviction is in the event I did something wrong. Okay, so that's three, four, five months down the road. However long that, that that that's the length of the process, really, isn't it? Practically speaking, it's gonna it's gonna be that long. That's assuming um, a dodgy tenant, Ludmilla's luscious nails has set up somewhere else, and she's, uh, as they say, done a runner. Um, what about if your landlord is in the wrong, and you know your landlord's in the wrong? What what do you do as a as a good tenant with a nasty landlord? And that's it. And that's the other side of the equation. So, uh, and uh, if the landlord is in the wrong, uh, the um, and you as a landlord, what can you do to me uh, to be in the wrong? One, obviously, I'm paying you a market price, which or a rental price, which you know is well below the market price. So you could get 50% of what I am, if not more of what I'm paying right now. And obviously, you don't want to continue to rent it to me. And I'm a good tenant this time around. Mm. Uh, but uh, you want to make money because at the end, that's what why you bought this property is to be able to make money. Sure. Uh, so you you legitimately want to make more money. So you want to evict me at the end of my tenancy agreement. But as I mentioned, the law allows me as a tenant to continue to insist for the, that tenancy agreement to renew automatically. Uh, now, uh, if you you can, um, uh, but you want to increase rent. So what you can do is you can increase, you can try to increase rent, you can, but you need to give me ninety day notice before my lease expires, and that particular uh, rent increase has to be in line with the rental index, and that is has to be allowed by uh, by the Dubai Rental Index, which in this case, let's say, it would not be. In the most cases, it's still not allowed, and then and I have to agree to it. 
So obviously you went through that whole process and I didn't agree uh, to it. So now you're saying, okay, fine. Well, I want to move into property myself. So, or I want to sell it. Either one of those reasons would be a legitimate reason normally to evict your tenant. However, even in those cases, you there are still requirements and there are a number of requirements. One requirement is that you serve your tenant with a proper notice. Once again, to be safe, the notice should be done through the notary public. So it will be in um, Arabic and English. Uh, and the notice should state the reason for the eviction. And that is in this case, let's say Tim wants to take uh, to, to, to sell the property. And I need to get that notice only kicks in 12 months after I receive it. Right. Uh, so in other words, it's just even if you decided to sell the property and you even had a, a potential buyer or an actual buyer, uh, that I would not be required to leave that property until one year after I receive your notice. Uh, so um, that's and that the same case applies if you want to retake the property for yourself because now you were living in uh, a villa. You your kids grew up and left the house. You no longer want you you want a villa. You want a smaller place with a view, which is what I have now, which is also your property. So you want to legitimately move into that property. Same requirements apply. You have to give me notice. To the notary public, that notice should clearly state uh, the reason for uh, for why you want to evict me, and I still have a year after I receive that notice uh, to leave. And let's say to your to your earlier question, uh, I know that you don't actually want to sell the property, or you're not planning to move into the property. You're just doing it because you want to increase rent. Mm. In that case, I can challenge you. I can say, um, okay, well, I don't believe that you want uh, to sell the property. And for example, because, and I can, so at the end of the 12 months notice, I don't move out because I know that you were lying to me, then you would have to do something. So the notice, just because you've given me a 12 month notice does not uh, uh, come into effect on its own. So you need to do something about it in order to make it effective, which would be what? In this case, you'd have to file a case with RDC and request my eviction. In this case, I would challenge your request for eviction on the grounds that you lied to me, that you, in fact, were trying to evict me for reasons which are not uh, legal under the law, which are not proper. In other words, you, didn't, you actually don't really want to sell the property. You just wanted to get rid of me so that you can rent the property for hire. Right. Now, how do I prove that? That's my natural next question, because that's, it's very hard to say, well, you're lying. Well, I'm not. Well, you're lying. Well, I'm not. Indeed. Well, uh, here's my answer is, well... Look, this property has not even been advertised anywhere. Okay. Now, how would you okay. disprove that? You as a landlord, how would you disprove that? Mm. If you had actually been trying to sell it, then you would have something to, dis to, to disprove that point. You but you could just say, look, it's a private sale. It was a family member. And then, I mean, you could easily turn around. Could you not and just say, oh, well, it fell through at the last minute and sure, last week. Or but, but, okay, where's the proof? Okay. Right. So, so in that case, let's say, let's say you as a landlord, if you actually did try, or even just tried to make uh, make it look like you tried, right. in the very least, you could have some sort of an agreement with the broker. Look, I've listed the property with the broker, and here's a copy of an agreement. Or look, I've advertised the property on Property Finder, for example, or on Dubizzo, what have you. Uh, and look, I've requested I have few I have a few emails to Ludmila asking her to show the property. Right. And uh, let's say she either denied or she allowed. So that would be your proof.
But if you don't have any of that, then it's really ultimately going to be up to the judge to decide who they believe. But you can see how it may become fairly complicated and that I might, may actually have a winning argument. Uh, and um, so that's that's basically one scenario. The other scenario is, let's say you said you want to move into the property. Now, that's a harder one to disprove, right? Because for you to move in, there isn't really much evidence that you can show that you actually wanted to move into the property. I mean, you could, let's say, if you're moving out of your other property, you can show I've left that other property or I sold it or I've let the lease uh, end on that property. So that, that could be. But what if you are just moving from Scotland to Dubai for the first time in many, many years. So you don't, wouldn't necessarily even have that proof. Uh, so in that case, um, and, uh, and I'm thinking, well, it's going to be a tough battle for me to challenge him. So I move out because I think I, even if I may suspect that you are not really planning to move in, uh, but I just don't want to, I don't have any proof and I just don't really, I want some peace of pride and some stability in my own, uh, in my own sort of life. So I move out, I move out. And then two months later, I find out Tim has rented the place out to someone else mm. at a much higher price. Then in that case, the law allows me to pursue you for the difference in rent for two years for damages, basically in rent for two years, um, and, uh, and basically the difference is that it's the damages and the damages would be, for example, the difference between my rent that I used to pay, I would have paid had you not kicked me out and my current rent plus whatever other damages you can approve, such as moving expenses, uh, real estate brokerage fees and, and whatever other expenses would have, I would have incurred as a result of having to move from your place to my new place. Uh, for reasons which uh, ultimately I, I deem to be illegal. I now understand why uh, evictions are so strictly uh, regulated. Now, let's just sum up very quickly if we can. If you think, and let's take the tenant's point of view, because uh, that's where we kind of ended there. If you think you're being treated unfairly by your landlord and being asked to leave on unreasonable grounds, any of the uh, aforementioned, if you like, uh, you're covered by Dubai Law Number 33 of 2008, as you said, regulating relationships between landlords and tenants. And you need to point in particular to Article 25 of that law. Indeed. That right. would be a correct summary. That's what you need to do. And that's another episode of Logical. This time, evictions uh, in the main from the tenant's perspective, a topic I hope we've managed to help illuminate uh, slightly. Uh, as ever, our legal expert here on Logical, Ludmilla Yamalaba, managing partner here at Yamalaba and Pletka and JLT, Jamira Lakes Towers here in Dubai. Thank you once again, Ludmilla. Thank you, Tim. You can find us at LY Law on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, wherever you uh, tend to land for your social stuff. We've also now got an easy-to-search library of hundreds of podcasts, all manner of legal issues here in the UAE, all free to listen to uh, and download as well. To have a legal question answered in a future logical episode, or if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, click the contact button at lylawyers.com. Thank you.